Well, if you're like we are, huddled up in mom's basement, worried about the coronavirus, that means you're not traveling. A recent timepiece talks about what the effect's going to be on airlines. We're going to talk about that and much more with thought leader Kristen Wong on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Sihai. And I'm Kristen Wong, self-quarantining from Los Angeles. Which is, I think, a nicer place, Kristen, to self-quarantine than uh, Detroit, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, though, this week we've had really gloomy, wet, and cold, like unseasonably cold weather. Um, so it's not been... It's not been the best, but you know, we'll take it. I, I feel bad for you. The one, the one, the, the one bad week in Los Angeles. That's tough. <laughs> I feel sorry for it. Feel horrible. This, guys, is the podcast where Kristen and I and and other thought leaders cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're going to tackle one from Time. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we dive into how these affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we're also going to share a big idea at the end of today show that you can take with you to be better with your money and usually in right around 20 minutes. Big thanks to Ubiquity Retirement and Savings for supporting Money with Friends. If you're somebody who's working on your small business, Ubiquity is for you. Ubiquity offers simple, online, affordable small business retirement solutions, all starting at just $75 a month. Get ahead of the future with help from Ubiquity's team of experts. Visit myubiquity.com to learn more. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. And we've also found out from them that um, they are waiving startup fees as well. So with your extra time, Kristen, you could be with that side hustle, whatever side hustle, you could be working on your small business retirement plan. How great would that be? That would be great. Today, not so great for airlines. We're going to dive into it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us out. This is Gertrude, room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from Time, and it is written by uh, uh, Anurag uh, Kotari. Is that how we decided? Katoki? Katoki. be um, butchering this pronunciation, so please forgive us. Yes, uh, but it's a great piece, which is why we wanted to highlight it. Coronavirus will bankrupt most airlines by May without government help, analyst warns. The piece reads, the coronavirus pandemic will bankrupt most airlines worldwide by the end of May unless governments in the industry take coordinated steps to avoid such a situation, an aviation consultant warned. Many airlines have probably been driven into technical bankruptcy or substantially breached debt covenants already. Sydney-based consultancy CAPA uh, or CAPA Center for Aviation warned in a statement Monday. Carriers are depleting cash reserves quickly because their planes are grounded and those that aren't flying are more than half empty, it said. Coordinated government industry actions needed now if catastrophes to be avoided, Kappa said. Otherwise, emerging from the crisis will be like entering a brutal battlefield littered with casualties, it said. Most of the biggest carriers in the U.S., China, and Middle East are likely to survive because of government help or support from their owners, Kappa said. Airlines have been among the biggest corporate casualties of the virus outbreak as the coronavirus grinds air traffic to a halt. 
Carriers from American Airlines Group Inc. to Australia's Qantas Airways Limited have slashed capacity, while some like Sweden's, is that SASAB? I think so. Like Sweden's SASAB have temporarily laid off most staff. Flybe, Europe's biggest regional airline, has already collapsed. Carriers could face as much as $113 billion in lost revenue this year, according to the International Air Transport Association. Now, uh, Kristen, neither you nor I are industry analysts. I don't know if this industry analyst is is correct or not. But um, but what were your thoughts when you first read this? Um, is this is this going to have like what impact is this going to have on the economy? And also, from what I understand, airlines already are kind of like they already kind of have a precarious business model, right? Like, haven't many of many airlines gone bankrupt? Yeah. In the past, like they have yeah. a history of bankruptcy. Like they're like that's just not a profitable industry from what I understand, even though it seems like it does when you're paying $50 to check your bag. I th- I think that I think Warren Buffett was the one who said um he said if I ever think about buying airline stock, if I ever tell you out loud I'm buying airline stock, tell me to take two aspirin and go to bed and we'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't get Fair involved. Enough. Uh, you know, my thought process is is similar. Like, what's the big picture here? And what I worry about is in the last few days with the market uh, in free fall, I've started hearing, and I've even had thoughts myself about this, by the way, cruise lines, right? Should I be buying cruise line stock? Should I buy airline stock? You look at these stocks, Kristen, and you think, okay, if I've got some cash available, I don't want to, by the way, and just to be clear about what the discussion we're going to have here, I don't want to be like the guy who is taking all the hand sanitizer and I'm trying to resell it for 20 times markup. I don't want to be that jerk who's who's taking away people's health. But here's, here's what I will do. I do want to take advantage of of people who think that this is a time to sell because the only reason that stocks are down is because so many people are selling versus buying, right? I want to take advantage of those people whenever possible. Cause if you are, are thinking to yourself that now's the time to sell and you didn't put a plan together. Okay. Uh, I will take advantage of that. So just to be clear about what type of the devil I am, but, but, but so I think, all right, these stocks will probably come back. This piece was the first piece that made me think, Maybe that's not the case. Like maybe maybe this this is a this is a bigger, worse, harder bet than I think. And maybe these people who are going to buy these stocks that are really low might have might have some bigger problems than they think that they would. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think this problem. I mean, look, I'm not an expert in this, but from what I understand, most experts are saying like saying that we are probably going to go into a recession with all of this. Right. And so this is kind of maybe the first hint of that. Um, But I don't know. I don't know that I would buy. I'm a little bit wary right now to buy stocks on sale because I know like when there's a normal dip, I will 100 percent be the person to do that if I have cash on hand. But right now I'm I'm scared. I don't know what to do because like I feel like it's better to just keep as much cash on hand as you can because everything's so uncertain. Well, in, I'm, I'm not giving advice. I'm just yeah. I'm asking for advice. Tell me what to do. No, no, I, I completely agree. Well, with 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 your role at the financial diet, I mean, even though you're not not an analyst in airline stocks or in the stock market, I'm sure you're watching the news all the time. 
Which brings up a fact that this is a news-driven economy right now, right? It is totally everybody looking at the news and looking to see what the next thing is. And I think more than we've had in a long, long time, the news is incredibly unpredictable. And it's always a difficult time to invest when the new, when we can't predict what's going to happen next. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's the, as the saying goes, like, what is the, the saying about the stock market? Like past, past performance doesn't guarantee future. What is it? Yeah. It doesn't Tell guarantee future results. Right. So, and especially right now, like we don't even know what's going to happen in the next few weeks or a few months. So it just seems like really impossible to predict, but like somebody, tweeted something recently about this. I think it was um, Amanda Holden of Dumpster Doggy that was like, you know, I would, uh, (laughs) I love her. I love her handle. I I was going to say we're, we're we're laughing right now, guys, because of the fact that if you're not following Dumpster Doggy on Instagram, you, you you are missing out between the education and the dumpster fire. It is just absolutely hilarious and fun. She makes it so fun to learn about money. She really does. And she's so like naturally funny too. I could go on a whole, we could have a whole other episode just talking about how great Amanda is, but she had a great tweet recently that was like, you know, telling people to buy stocks when they're on sale might be a little bit dangerous because like, if you told them that a week ago, like they're, they've already lost money because it just keeps dropping and dropping. We don't know what's going to happen. So probably I think it's best to just sit tight right now. I think if you take a if you're taking a long term view, it's it's not a horrible time to buy. But that said, this idea of back the truck up and pick up pick a time, I'm with you. I'm not doing that. I'll tell you what I did do. Uh, I I had a couple of um, I went through my subscriptions a couple of days ago, and I had a couple of subscriptions that over the last six months, you know, I try to do this every six months. Six months ago, I thought they were important. Now I think they're not as important. I'm not using the stuff. So I canceled them. That gave me another $180 uh, a, a month that I now have recouped. I immediately upped my retirement savings plan, savings by the $180 a month. Because I think that part's great, right? I think it's a fantastic okay. idea. As the market goes down to be dollar cost averaging more money in than you were two months ago, if you can, if you can find a way to do that, if you're able to do that, that's great. But I think to your point, that depends on your work and how stable is your work. Because if you work at a restaurant right now, you're keeping cash on hand is what you need to do. I know. I guess it's very dependent on your work, how much money you have in your emergency fund, what other kind of cash reserves you have, what other kind of accounts you have. Um, So I don't know. Maybe it's just it's not across the board advice. Like if I had more money, I guess I would feel a little bit more comfortable uh, buying stocks on sale right now. But in my financial situation, like, yeah, I think I'm just going to hang on to my cash and see what happens. Uh, we we do this live with a bunch of our friends on Facebook. If you want to hang out with uh, Kristen and I on Facebook as we make the show, head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. That's the Stacking Benjamins uh, channel. We also sometimes do them on YouTube. Find the Money with Friends YouTube channel. Just put Money with Friends in the search engine. But Claudia makes a great point, Kristen, that I think echoes what you're talking about. Claudia says, this has taught me a huge lesson about keeping a fat emergency fund. I always thought it would be better to have it invested earning fat returns instead of sitting in cash. Lesson learned, we still have good high-paying jobs, so we'll be okay. Um, but still, when I think about, when I think about what, she's, uh, 
what she's talking about here, you often see during up markets, people go, why am I accepting a 1% interest rate or a 2% interest rate? And people think that these people are crazy that say it's not about the interest rate. It's about if things suddenly turn. Right. And to play devil's advocate to my own, my own point that I just made, but we also don't have a global pandemic every day. So this is a really extenuating circumstance. So I think, you know, I wouldn't keep that. I think generally it's, you know, I kind of agree with the advice to like put your, like don't have too big of an emergency fund and put it in some kind of investment vehicle that's earning interest. Like, I think that's good overall advice, but right now we're just, right now it looks bad because we're in the middle of something that's really crazy, but it's hard. I guess the bottom line is it is hard to, it's hard to really take any general across the board blanket prescriptive personal finance advice right now because this is just a really crazy circumstance. Yeah, but that's why I I really like, I'm going to promote your book uh, a little bit. That's, that's why I like get money so much because it talks about personalizing it, but also gamifies it, right? Makes it, makes it really fun. Even at a time right now, that's not fun makes it makes it uh, makes it a lot more interesting. But I think that this advice that people have have had, you know, financial planners have had since I started in the business in 93 was, um, you know, keep three to six months. The three to six month emergency fund totally depends on the nature of your work. If your nature, if the nature of your job is that it's um, that that you think you're very secure, keep closer to three months and call it more of an opportunity fund. You know, hey, yeah. a great deal comes up, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that money and 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 have it available. On the other side, if your job is contract work and you're not sure where the next paycheck's coming from, keeping six months is a much better idea. And totally. I and I still think today, I mean. I don't know. That that still makes sense today as much as it did in 1993. I think so. I think some of the like the basics of personal finance like don't really ever change, right? Like having an emergency fund um and like that stuff just never changes and I think this is a good example of that. Our our friend Chris from Popcorn Finance hanging out with us. Hey Chris, he says for me an emergency fund has provided some comfort in a very uncertain time. He's yeah. he, he's huddled up himself, I think, Kristen, not far from you. Yeah, I love Chris. He's great. He's just like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, and yeah, I agree. Just like the feeling of an emergency, like an emergency fund for me is just like buys you that security of just knowing that okay, things are going bad right now, but everything. I don't want to say everything's going to be okay, but at least that's one less thing you have to worry about, you know. I I, I want to echo Sarah Lynn's settlement here. She says sentiment. Did I say settlement? <laughs> Her sentiment. Uh, those that live paycheck to paycheck are going to feel the crush the most. I remember those days when I was trying to pay off debt and I was living very much for tomorrow's income. I I can't figure out, Kristen, for a lot of people right now where that's going to come from. We're, I know. I feel so lucky to have a job that, first of all, I can work from home and it really is not going to disrupt that job. I feel I really don't know what's going to happen to workers who are like in the service industry. You know what I mean? Like if you ha- if you're working at the Gap right now, like what are your options? Because they're closing. They're, everybody's kind of closed, shutting down. And like presumably you're not getting paid for that time. Or are you? Right. We don't. I mean, we just really don't know right now. And that must be terrifying. And if you're working at some place like the Gap or 
or you're working in retail or some kind of service, I mean, let's be honest, we're probably not making a ton of money to begin with. So your odds of having like a really fat emergency fund, probably not high. So just a very precarious position. I think we should remember that a lot of people are in. Well, and Kevin makes a great point here. He says that's another valid argument for having a side hustle, multiple income streams. I, I absolutely love his point of view. And I remember when I was in that situation, living paycheck to paycheck, my whole thought process was the quicker I can develop different income streams so I don't have to worry about this next time, the better mm-hmm. yet. Yet when you're living paycheck to paycheck, like trying to live for a week from now or two weeks from now feels impossible. Like I remember those days. I was like, I really want to be thinking long-term here, Kristen. I want to think long-term. I want to think about like what really gets me out of this. But I was also worried about what I was going to eat for dinner that night and how I was going to put gas (laughs) in my car to get to work. Like some of these, some of these arguments are, are, are very difficult, but definitely right now, if you have the ability and the time to be able to create a side hustle while you're at home or at least set up the framework for it, get the website built, get all the stuff so that as the economy returns to normal, like the, in, in, in some ways having the time to do that, if you're able to, you know, this could be an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'm always side hustling. I'm always looking for ways to side hustle and stuff. So I feel that sentiment. In, in just a moment, Kristen and I are going to have our big takeaway from today's piece about not just airlines going bankrupt, but I think about a much bigger issue, which is um, where's our income going to come from? But while Kristen's thinking of the best thing we've heard her say ever, no pressure, Uh-oh. Kristen, uh, I'm going to talk just a little bit about our sponsor, Ubiquity, because Ubiquity helps people get through another time when people need money, which is your retirement. Big thanks to Ubiquity Retirement and Savings for supporting Money with Friends. If you're a small business owner, choosing the right retirement plan might seem to be complicated, but Ubiquity makes it easy to save for the future on your terms and within your budget. In just a few clicks, you can see 401k plans designed by experts online or talk to them personally and tailor a plan with them that meets your specific needs and the needs of your employees. Ubiquity's affordable flat fee plans start at just $75 a month. Whether you're a solopreneur, you've got a team of 100 employees, everybody gets the same exceptional service at Ubiquity. Kickstart your future at myubiquity.com. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. Um, Big thanks to Ubiquity. Uh, and that's a, that's a whole, we're going to talk about retirement on tomorrow's show, Kristen, but for today, what's our big takeaway from this piece about airline bankruptcies? Um, are you still, oh, okay. You just, sorry. You just went small. And I was like, I thought you dropped the call drops. Uh, my big takeaway is, I don't know. We kind of turned this conversation into one about like, should we be buying stocks on sale right now? I don't feel super comfortable telling people what to do with that one way or another. I think for me, my strategy in this time of uncertainty is to just kind of sit tight and see what happens and keep some cash on hand. But I think one takeaway, wherever you fall on that um, argument, is have an emergency budget. Like you said, Joe, like you went through your budget, you looked, you canceled some subscriptions. I think that's really important right now. I think whenever things are uncertain, we look for ways to feel in control, especially of our finances, because that can just make our lives 
so much more difficult or so much easier. So anything you can do to feel a little bit more in control of your finances right now. And for me, that's coming up with an emergency budget, which means going through my budget, seeing, okay, what can I cut back on that I don't need right now? I just paused my gym membership, <laughs> um, just different subscription services like that. What can I cut back on? Also, if you're working from home, like be prepared that your electric bill is probably going to be higher. So you probably want to increase that bill this month. And I think just having a realistic look at what your budget should look like in this state of quote unquote emer emergency um, is, is really important financially, but also is going to make you just feel better right now. I love that. I think I was thinking as you're talking about a client that I had uh, back when I was a financial planner who mm -hmm. said that, um, you know, uh, they built highways and they said before they built a new highway extension, they would look at all the things that could go wrong first. And they put those all up on the board at the time and they would eliminate all of those things that could go wrong. And I think oh. now, and I think now is a great time, you know, before they built anything, they looked at everything that could go wrong and then they start eliminating. I think having that emergency budget and saying if 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 this becomes an extended thing, exactly how little can I live on? Like how small can my budget be? Is a fantastic exactly. it's a fantastic exercise to go through whether it's now or anytime. Yeah. My takeaway my takeaway is specifically about the stocks. I see people you know, thinking about, and I've thought about, hey, am I going to go buy some of these stocks that seem like they're way on sale? The entertainment industry is going to come back. Airlines will come back. Planes will fly. Uh, we will have cruises in the future, I think. But that doesn't mean that these companies are going to stay solvent. Uh, there's, there is the the threat of bankruptcy here. And just because we will have planes flying tomorrow doesn't mean that you will be a richer shareholder uh, taking advantage of, of the fact that people have sold these stocks. There's usually a good reason when people sell stocks and understanding that reason. And I think this time, Kristen, understanding that it's a different reason than maybe a quarterly earnings report that they missed, right? right. It, it's a little bit deeper, I think, is a big part to maybe not winning with money, but making sure you don't lose with your money. Absolutely. I think I agree with that. Where can people find you besides here hanging out with us today and tomorrow? Um, you can find me on the internet <laughs> where you find everything um, at the wild Wong. Those are all my social handles. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, and you can find me at kristenwong.com. I got to tell uh, and following the wild Wong. Uh, on all her social handles uh, has been a lot of fun. Uh, you you have very robust uh, oh, thank uh, social media presence, which is a ton of fun to follow. We talked about <laughs> Amanda being fun. I think following Kristen is fun. Also, uh, people can find you on Amazon or wherever they buy books, get money. I've said out loud a lot of times, one of my favorite books. It is a, it's a, it's a great read. And if you're somebody who's looking to have fun learning about money, or you've got somebody who thinks it's boring, Kristen's book is a fantastic way for people to learn about money. By the way, you work full-time at the financial diet. I am the editor at the financial diet site. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's coming up there that you can tell us about? Well, we actually did post, uh, we have a lot of content about how to stay sane while you're working from home. So definitely check that out. Um, we do, I did write a post this weekend when I was doing my own emergency budget about like how to, how to 
keep your budget and your finances intact in the middle of a crisis. Um, I was just kind of doing that on my own, just spending a Sunday afternoon going through my finances to make make myself feel better and make sure that everything was going to be okay. And I thought, hey, maybe some other people will find this useful. So I turned it into a, a post for the site. I, I like that when I can take my own journey and go, oh, wait a minute. This is this is uh, something somebody else will will learn from, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Well, she's Kristen. I'm Joe. We'll be back here tomorrow talking about millennials and retirement. Whether you're a millennial or not, you'll want to tune into that because we're going to talk about saving for retirement. We'll see you back here again tomorrow at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.